Hi, I'm James Dickey, Senior Trial Counsel for the Upper Midwest Law Center, the Minnesota nonprofit public interest law firm that fights for liberty and the rule of law. Welcome back to Minnesota Law Weekly, where Doug Seaton and I update you on important developments on legal issues in Minnesota. Today we are discussing a popular topic, election integrity, again. A poll conducted by the Star Tribune in September 2021 noted that about half of Minnesotans outside the Twin Cities metro either did not believe the results of the 2020 election or were not sure about those results. This means that many Minnesotans are concerned that elections are subject to manipulation and misconduct. This fear was made worse when, in 2020, lawsuits were brought against the state and settled in a way that removed statutory election integrity safeguards based on concerns about COVID-19. This is disastrous for the health of our republic. We at UMLC believe that it is essential to uphold the integrity of Minnesota's elections by advocating for and enforcing clear bipartisan voting safeguards. We have put a substantial amount of work into ensuring that these safeguards are in place. Our goal is to make Minnesotans more confident that their elections are on the up and up. And on that front, we are proud to report great successes in proactively working to make Minnesota elections fair and transparent by enforcing legal requirements enacted by our legislature and decided by the courts. First, we're going to talk about Isanti County in their redistricting process. After the U.S. Census is released every decade, counties in Minnesota have to redraw their county board districts in a process known as redistricting. Several months ago, we were approached by a group of activists in Isanti County frustrated by the county commissioner's failure to do that. The law requires that every county board district must have a population no more than 10% different from the average of all county board seats. Over the 10 years from 2010 to 2020, Isanti County's population shifted and changed enough to where some of the population in some districts was more than 10% different from the average. However, instead of adopting a redistricting plan which would comply with the law, the county commissioners initially chose to keep the lines where they were, seemingly because that would have avoided a 2022 election for some of those commissioners. But then the Upper Midwest Law Center stepped in. We sent a letter to the county board and asked, politely but firmly, that they adopt a different resolution that complied with the law. We informed them that if they failed to do so, we would take legal action and we would win. They immediately called a special session to address our letter, and they wisely adopted a resolution that redistricted in a manner consistent with Minnesota law. Sometimes it only takes a strongly worded letter, and we are grateful for another win for the rule of law. Let's talk now about the Minnesota Supreme Court's 2022 decision on absentee ballot boards. On March 16, 2022, the Minnesota Supreme Court made a major decision in Minnesota Voters Alliance versus Ramsey County, which interpreted Minnesota's ballot board statute. One of the most important requirements of that decision was that only party-balanced election judges can compare signatures between absentee ballot envelopes and absentee ballot applications if the identification numbers used on both do not match. This is not a small thing. In the 2020 primary and general elections, 1.9 million out of Minnesota's 3.3 million ballots cast were cast absentee. Of those ballots, over 32,000 were rejected for various reasons. And of those 32,000, over 7,000 were rejected because the identification numbers and signatures between the absentee ballot application and the ballot envelope did not match. 
As we all know, Minnesota is infamous for close elections. The 2008 Senate race between Norm Coleman and Al Franken was decided by only 312 votes. The 1962 governor's race was decided by only 91 votes. Over 7,000 rejected ballots can swing an election, and it is essential that Minnesotans know that those making the decisions about what to accept or reject are fair and balanced. And the only way to ensure that is for election judges who are balanced by party under the law to be the people on the ballot board conducting the accepting and rejecting of ballots. And that is exactly what the law requires. But who chooses the members of ballot boards and who accepts and rejects ballots? Well, that would be your county board working through the county auditor or city clerk. And what if they ignore the requirement of election judges to do the accepting and rejecting on these ID number mismatches? And instead, they put their hand-picked employees or volunteer staff on the board. Not only is this practice illegal, but you also get the appearance of possible bias and unfairness. So we at UMLC, working with the Minnesota Voters Alliance, decided to make sure our Minnesota counties are well informed about the Supreme Court's March 16th decision and proactively enforce that decision as needed. We identified a number of counties and cities who either passed ballot board resolutions that did not clearly comply with the March 16th decision or were working with outdated resolutions that did not consider the most up-to-date interpretation of the law. Our letters went out to most of the 12 most populous cities and counties in Minnesota, as well as several counties in Congressional District 1 in southern Minnesota. The results have been fantastic. We obtained a change in the ballot board resolution for two of the largest counties by population in CD1, Rice and Winona counties. We also had frank and open discussions with the cities of Minneapolis and Duluth and Ramsey and Anoka counties, which resulted in ballot board practices that feature party balanced election judges matching signatures and doing the job of accepting and rejecting ballots where there is an identification number mismatch and party balance election judges duplicating damage ballots to ensure votes are properly tabulated. Anoka County's ballot board resolution in particular is a good example of a policy for all counties to follow. There are some difficult cases, however. We haven't heard from places like Hennepin County and Wright County, despite our efforts to inform them about the laws applicable to their ballot boards. If they fail to comply with the law, we will step in before the 2022 election and obtain compliance through the courts. The choice is theirs. Well, that's it for this week on Minnesota Law Weekly. You can learn more about the Upper Midwest Law Center's many cases by visiting www.umlc.org or visit us on Facebook and Twitter. And you can also make a confidential tax-deductible donation on our website or by sending us a check. Thank you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.